And what is up, podcast people? This is Christopher Coleman of TrackSounds.com, and you are listening to The Soundcast, which is our official podcast. And on the line with us today is Laura Cartman. And you probably know that name if you're familiar with video game music, television music, or film music. Uh, She's been composing since the age of seven. Her first feature film goes a little ways back with Miramax's The Breakup. Uh, But she's won several Emmy Awards for The Living Edens, which is a documentary uh, series that uh, has won numerous awards. She's also distinguished herself uh, as a composer for concert music. She's composed for the theater. And, of course, she's composed for video games. Um, But one of her most popular uh, soundtracks released was for Steven Spielberg's uh, 20-hour miniseries entitled Taken, but um, her video game scores include Untold Legends, both The Warrior's Code and Dark Kingdom, and of course EverQuest 2, which won her uh, Gang Award in 2004 for Best Music of the Year. And her latest release is Kung Fu Panda 2, the video game. Laura, welcome yep. to the Soundcast. Thanks so much. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm great. I'm, I'm doing great. I've just I got off an airplane from New York this morning, so I'm feeling sprite. What can I tell you? <laughs> back in back in comfortable on the West Coast, I assume. Yeah, yeah everything's <laughs> groovy. Good, good. Well, I'll tell you before we get into some Kung Fu Panda two questions. Um, you know, as I was doing a little bit of reading up on your site about some of the things you've been doing of late, something that jumped out at me was the project you were on a couple of years ago, uh, Ask Your Mama, the 12 Moves right. for, for Jazz. And I just wanted to ask you about that a little bit because that project, just reading through it, seemed just amazing, uh, like an amazing project, and I'm sure it was. I mean, it was the way it's described on the site is it's a multimedia opera. C- a collaboration, and yes. and among the people you worked with was Jesse Norman, of course the 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 soprano, um, Langston Hughes, the poet, and of course the Roots, and quite a few other musicians and singers were on this project. Maybe, can you talk about how in the world this came about? How you became a part of it? Well, you know, it's a it, it, it was a, a project that kind of it, it was definitely out of my I, I I made the whole thing kind of happen, and and okay. what happened basically is. Um, I got a call from Edgar Beitzel, who was the COO of the LA Opera, and he he passed away tragically at a really young age, and he called me when he was really sick. And it was one of those phone calls that you get that you just, I mean, he uh, one would think that he had a lot of other things on his mind besides calling me, but he called me mm-hmm. and said he wanted he wanted me to to do a project with Aachen Fryer, who was a great German director, who um who did The Ring and Jesse Norman, and I just thought, oh my God, you know, are you kidding? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and he suggested a, te- a text that Achim was interested in, and so I looked at that text, and it's a wonderful text, and I really hope to do it with them at some point. Mm-hmm. But I just thought, oh my God, Ask Your Mama would be perfect for Jesse Norman because it's this, it's it's a poem of Langston's that I really really love, and it, there are a lot of extraordinary things about it. But the, the the most the most extraordinary thing is that basically Langston Hughes in the right hand margins of the poem it says exactly how the music should sound. Oh. So he. He envisioned a musical accompaniment for this poem, and you know, a lot. I think I think he thought about it to a certain extent, and, and other people has kind of a jazz band piece. But the truth is, he was asking for all kinds of stuff. Like he asked for a lonely flute, and he asked for hunting horns. So it, it seemed to me that he was calling out for an orchestra. And and in the in the first movement. Um, it, it, he talks a lot about Leontine Price unpacking, which uh, which is you know a lot of metaphors, which I won't get into now. But you know, I, I thought my well, this is this is Jesse, this is Jesse Norman, this is the story of her life in so many ways. So 
because I had this opportunity to get music to her, um, I met with her then manager, and I took Ask Your Mama. And it's just one of those things that, you know, I've never been probably as aggressive as I should be or should have been in my career, but I was I was this time. I just said, I'm going to take this chance. And I took the book with me to the meeting, and I said, this is perfect for Jesse Norman. And um, five days later, I was meeting with her, and she loved the idea, and she was curating a concert, at, uh, actually an entire series at Carnegie Hall called the Honor Series, which was a spectacular honoring of um, the African-American tradition at Carnegie Hall. And she programmed the piece, and then Carnegie Hall commissioned the piece. And so that's how it started. Okay. And uh, then I got the roots and, and wound up kind of crafting the piece for them. And then Anita Freelon joined us at the Hollywood Bowl, who's this incredible jazz singer. Oh, yeah. And we had Deidre Aziza, who, was, who started in Passing Strange and got a Tony nomination, which was a great Broadway show. So it was, it was, it, it was and continues to be an extraordinary project. I think we're going to have another performance of it. And my real dream is to make a film out of it, and so I'm sort of kind of in, in my copious spare time trying to make that happen. But it was one of those projects that kind of came out of a place of, you know, just wanting to do this piece, and it happened, and it was extraordinary. Extraordinary. Well, it's it, just reading through it and hearing the, the music on your site and then on the official site was, uh, it, it really, it took me took me aback, and so that's why I wanted to ask that um, I appreciate first, that because uh, it, it looks like an amazing sounds and looks like an amazing project, and I hope they are able to do additional performances in the well, future. Well, I tell you, it was it was pretty amazing um, to get a standing ovation at Carnegie Hall oh, after yeah. an evening length. I mean, it, it was like I've never had an experience like that in my whole life. It was crazy, and it was um, it was it was just a, it, it was, and as I said, continues to be a great project. It's an important project too because. It really deals with race in America, and it you know it was written in 1961, but it's it, it was it's as if it was written yesterday, and there are all kinds of references to you know it's just it's crazy, it's great anyway. <laughs> well, it's kind of that's kind of that's it's great, and it's sad at the same time to say it's written in the 60s, and yet it's still applicable today, if you know what I well, mean. Well, this is a this is what you know we this is our big problem as a country, and we will continue to deal with it. Um, for many years to come, I think. I think eventually it will, it will be dealt with. But obviously, Obama's election is a fantastic step in that yes. direction. And he was, uh, you know, he was, uh, he got the nomination right when I was finishing up the piece. So that was pretty, pretty crazy. But oh, it, yeah. it, it, you know, w- things are moving forward. But it's just something that we all have to continue to deal with. Now, is he is he aware of this uh, production, or did he see oh, it? Oh, he, di- he died in 1969, so he's no, not, no. But I mean, his, I mean, no, President his, Obama. Oh, Obama. You know, I don't know. Um, we really tried to get him material, and, you know, a lot of people were taking it. Uh, so I, I don't know. I mean, it was one of those things where, you know, we, we finally got it to Desiree Rogers, who was the social <laughs> ter- secretary at the White House, and then, like, literally that day she left. You know, so oh. it's, just, it's one of those things. But, I, you know, it, it's, it's listen, it's, it's, it has been a wonderful ride, and, and sure. as I say, it, it, it continues to be, and I think the project will go on. Oh, absolutely, and and you still got a couple more years left before a year, a little, a year and a half before he's. Uh, well, he may he may get reelected. Who knows? Well, but, uh, we hope. <laughs> In the Negroes of the border, pressure of the bloody slimy In the quarter of the Negroes, where black. 
shadows, move like shadows. Cut from shadows, cut from shade in the quarter of the news. You know, as I look at your portfolio of your career, I mean, you're, you've written for so many different mediums. I mean, just about every single one of them, now that I look at it. How do you juggle that? Do you prefer that? Or is do different mediums exercise different parts of your creativity and talent? Or how do you how do how do you work with all of that? Well, you know, it it just depends. I mean, it, it, I think that I'm the same composer no matter what I do. I mean, every single thing that I do informs everything else. You know, mm. having worked in theater and having worked in film, I think, you know, took me to the place where I could compose a piece like Ask Your Mama, where you have, you know, Langston Hughes as the poet, you know, a, a director kind of in a way telling you how the music should sound. And I also think because I worked in film for so many years, I've had, I have a sense of what can create a dramatic arc. And in fact, I'm, I'm uh, the creative director and composer on a project um, that'll be next summer um, at the Cabrillo Music Festival of American Music, uh, which is an evening length work. I'm collaborating with the, with the, uh, I'm collaborating with the Kitchen Sisters who are fantastic NPR uh, commentators and kind of mm. gatherers of great stories. And so I'm making evening length work out of that. You know, being able to do that is because I've spent so many times, so many years kind of looking at films and structures of films and thinking about how music works with film and, and discussing with filmmakers and collaborating. So, you know, definitely having a sense of an arc and drama is something that I think comes very much out of uh, out of being a, a, a media composer, you know. So I, I think that, uh, you know, listen, if I'm doing a political commercial and writing an, uh, uh, an Asian, uh, you know, music-inspired video game, uh, uh, obviously the musical styles are going to be very, very different there. But, yeah. um, but you know, you, you, I approach everything with kind of a, a, an intellectual rigor. I'm a conceptual thinker about music. It's just the way that I work. Mm-hmm. And so I don't feel like, Oh my God, I'm doing theater. Oh my God, I'm doing film. Oh my God, I'm doing a video game. And there are technical things that are, you know, that are obviously completely different in those genres. But you know, it, it, by and large, it's it's kind of like, well, what does this project need, or what does this project need? And and those are the decisions, not so much how it gets done or what the end, what the end product is. Hmm. Well, do, so do you find it invigorating to to move because the processes are 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 different in writing for film, for TV, for video games, and and clearly for a concert piece and so forth. Do you enjoy changing that up or in the challenge? Yeah, I that? do. I mean, it's, it's funny because everything kind of feels like a relief. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if I'm doing a film after Ask Your Mama, I took, I had to take time off just to do it. And then sure. uh, I can't remember what, when I came back, how long it was before I did a film project, but I had something and it was really nice at that point to work with, um, with visuals, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it was really nice to do a video game where you're not really so concerned of what's going on visually, but it's more about kind of hitting the marks of, of the game and getting the right spirit. And, you know, of course if, with Kung Fu Panda, it was a lot of looping and figuring all that out, but you know, and, and then that's a relief. And then, you know, I, just did a movie for Lifetime that's airing tonight. You know, that was 80 minutes of action music in 13 days. I mean, that was not a relief. <laughs> that was crazy. But, you know, it, it was like, it was like, it was like composing the music was, was like an action film. You know, people come and I'd be sweating, you know, I'd be like, like if I'm writing a chase scene, I'm like composing the music in real time. It was, it was, you know, it was a, a metaphor for what was going on in the film. But, but, you know, I was definitely the last woman standing in that one. But, um, but, you know, so, so yeah, I, I, I love it. And, and I think it's just kind of 
my personality, you know, that I don't yeah. see any of these things as boundaries. And, and, and I take the opportunities that, that are presented to me, you know. I mean, there's certain things that I've sought out, like the concert music thing, as I told you, Astro Mom was something I really made happen. And, and I remember in the 90s when I started doing um, Shakespeare, I always wanted to score a Shakespeare play. And mm-hmm. an opportunity happened, and then I did that, and then I, I, I started doing more theatrical productions. So, um, so, so, you know, certain things have been kind of things I've set out to do, and other things are things that have come my way. I mean, right now... I am loving teaching. Um, hmm. I love it. I'm doing. I've, I've taught two courses at UCLA this year, and um, and I just love it. That that right now, that's the thing that is really tripping my trigger. Okay. Um, well, can you tell us the title of the of the Lifetime film that's airing? Tonight? Yeah, it's called Last said... Man Standing. That, oh, that's you what said I that. I was the last the last oh, okay. woman standing, but that's <laughs> on tonight, which is uh, today's what June sixth, and it's a terrific film. Starring Catherine Bell from Army Wives and and Gail Ann Hurd, the the legendary producer, produced it, and Ernest Dickerson, who is a terrific director, did the cinematography on Spike Lee's films for years, and now is a very sought after television director. He's doing Treme and a lot of episodic stuff. He directed the film, so it's it's really it's it's really a great ride. It was a lot a lot of fun and. And there are a lot of, you know, it was a great opportunity for music because there are a lot of scenes where it's kind of her, you know, the, the protagonist figuring stuff out with music behind it. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, I'm very pleased. Well, kind of staying on, on, the, on the theme of, of somewhat of kind of underrepresented groups, you're a part of an underrepresented group in terms of being a female composer um, within this specific realm of, say, film, TV, and, and video game composing. Now, is right. that, do you... Is that still true? Do you say? Because when I think of what female composer names come to my mind when 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 someone mentions that, your name comes: Anne Dudley, Cindy O'Connor, Rachel Portman, Winifred Phillips, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, it, is it still? I, mean, I would you, add a couple others to that list: Deb, yeah? Debbie Lurie, who's doing stuff. Oh, that's and right. My friend, and my friend Miriam Cutler, who um, does only documentaries, but you know does really high level um, documentaries that are on HBO, and she's terrific. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I think that that's it's obviously a huge problem, and and it's completely evidenced by the fact that you you know scores and you can't come up with those with more names than that. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. So um, we is all know it's a problem. Want, is that something you're you're looking to help change in teaching and recruiting, you know, uh, women to to get into this field? Or yeah, it- I am. I mean, I think I think I have done that. I think you know, by by kind of staying in as much as I can, I think mm-hmm. it does it. I think definitely teaching helps because I think when when women see other women um, in in mentorship positions um that 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 helps women know that it's a possibility but it's very hard and i think there's a lot of um you know it, 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 listen you know how things go in this business as well as anybody i mean a lot of times people are judged on credits and mm-hmm. so if you don't have the credits then you can't get the job but you can't get the job if you don't have the credits right so um so a lot of uh, you know it, 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 filmmakers need to give women and african americans more opportunities i mean there's absolutely no question in my mind about that. It's 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 enough, and um, it just needs to change. And yeah. uh, you know, I think I think the things that can help it change are you know obviously people like me teaching. Um, I think you know um, the the gentlemen who have the big careers need to hire women to work with them and then give them opportunities. And and yeah. then obviously uh, you know filmmakers need to make a special point of maybe sometimes looking past credits. 
and giving um, women and African Americans, Latinos, Latinas opportunities. Yep, uh, well said. Uh, and I should have qualified my statement because I think this problem, especially with women, women composing, you know, kind of top tier projects, is not a, is more pronounced here in the West. In the East, say Japan, especially, there's a lot more women names that uh, that come up and who are part of you know major projects there. Do you think Isn't there's just a cultural funny? thing? Yeah. yeah I I mean, and this is this is what what I find so strange. Like, you know, I just did this play for Japan where I, you know, uh, Lizbeth Scott and I did a track for um, for this fantastic tsunami relief um, project that's been put together. And there were two other women composers on it who were Japanese. And, and and it's so interesting to me because it seems to me that in England and Japan, which are you know quite sexist societies, yeah, uh, that, we, that that women are. So, I, so I, I I don't understand it. I mean, I think about England. I think, well, maybe there was a queen. Maybe that's why. <laughs> maybe it has to do with Queen, you know, Queen Elizabeth the first, who was such a great, you know, a great um, patron patroness of the arts. I don't know what it is, but isn't that whacked? I don't. It, I don't get that. Yeah, it's it, great it, though. Yeah. But yes, it's very hard. I think it's it's it's, it's hard for women, and and even a bit harder for American women. Yes, yeah, and hopefully that will change. Hopefully that. I will. hope so. I, you know, I follow quite a few um, people who are going to Berkeley and you know are female and and are in their composing uh, programs, and so you know, obviously they're out there and they're learning, and so it's probably just a matter of time. Well, I'm going to be um, actually lecturing uh, at Berkeley this summer in the video game. Um, they're they're doing a, a video game symposium, so I'll be there with Jack Wall and like lots of other great people. And so I think that I think they have a real consciousness of that, and they're bringing me in the fall for to be a keynote speaker at this fantastic conference. So, uh, you know, so I so I think they have a real consciousness about it, and obviously at UCLA. Um, we do, and that's that's something that that we're trying to make happen there. But yes, I think that that, it, that educational institutions are hugely important. Yeah. Um, and I think that that, but but it needs to go beyond that. It needs to, you know, it needs to it needs to happen. With, you know, when women start to come into their twenties and their thirties, and just to give those extra opportunities. Well, speaking of the East, um, your most recent project is Kung Fu Panda 2, the tie-in video game. Mm-hmm. And um, I've got a few questions for you there. I've listened to a few of the sample tracks, and what really stood out to me was uh, how much more traditional, uh, more traditional instruments, I think, than, than the, the, the film score um, offers, uh, how much more traditional is and how much, of course, it's a game and the tone of the game, I think, may be a little bit lighter and happier and funner than the, than the, than the movie itself. Um, but um, why did you go that more traditional route? Because because DreamWorks wanted me to. I mean, hmm. it's it's interesting because I started out with more of the sound of the film, you know, uh, yeah. with electric guitars and kind of that that going back and forth. Yeah. Um. But but they really wanted um everything to be very Asian and to sound that way. And also, I had done a first pass with much more kind of um. Let's see what's the word. You know vigorous, I don't know, bloodier yeah. kind of action cues. Yeah. And they wanted they wanted it to back down and to be um, to be more kid friendly. So okay. it, so I think the action wound up being kind of lighter and just kind of more um, 
you know, scaled back from what my first take was and from what I heard from, you know, I didn't have obviously the second um, soundtrack to listen to, but I had the the soundtrack from the first film. So yes, I, you know, it seemed like to me the soundtrack in the the films kind of alternates, you know, goes east and then it goes, you know, into regular kind of Hans Zimmer, John Powell land and then it goes back. And they, they, you know, the game is of course different. You know, they're one minute cues or two minute cues that loop. So you don't get a chance to have kind of those ups and downs and they didn't want it in the game you know that was not the direction that i got right. but um but yes they they everything if i give them a if i gave them a track without air who violin they were not happy <laughs> so that was what i did okay and so i know there's of course air who there is there pipa i hear in there's there? lots of pipa and and and, and uh, lots of strong chinese instruments or four or five and then there's uh there's tons of percussion which mb gordy just expertly recorded and that that's really dynamic and then there's um there are lots of flutes some of which i played um and uh so and some you know so i have a lot a huge collection of instruments here so uh, there are a lot of things that i kind of went in there and banged in on myself and so um and so that that that's what it was okay well it's quite a bit different from from the video game music you've done in the past which is much more intense i mean everquest 2 of course right uh you know those are much more dramatic more intense but was this the first game you've done since um what would be the last one wouldn't be everquest 2 would it no i did tons of expansions for everquest and and untold legends came after that Uh, Um, no and then i did i worked i did some work on halo 3 for the um additional materials and i also worked with chris valesco on um jericho Okay. So, but but since then it was yeah it, it it's the it's the first game that I've had since then and it, it, yes it you know listen the, the score for Kung Fu Panda two is much more like doing kids animation than mm. it was um, a video you know the the work that I've done on video games. Well, how did you come to work on this particular project? I had a friend um, who said they were looking to go another direction with their composers, and I had had happened to have done. Um, a project for the Chinese government, a little short film called A Monkey's Tale, which was a um, design for a, a kind of a theater and, a, and a, uh, a, an attraction in Hong Kong. And actually the film was nominated for an Annie Feature Award. Like my little 12-minute film went up against Ice Age and all these big, okay, big yeah. animated things. So it was, it was really cool. The score turned out really well, and it was Carl Stalling meets kind of, you know, Chinese instruments. So, in fact, I had worked, uh, and I had done another film, actually, um, many years back with um, with Chinese instruments. So it's just something that I had a little bit of experience doing, which I'm sure a lot of people in the world don't. Um, so so uh, I, I was able to send that stuff in, and uh, I got the gig. Okay. Now, the is your music used, because the game is on the Xbox, PS3, Wii, DS, is, it, is your music used all across? Okay. Yes, yes, all across platforms, and we did we did different kind of, slightly different mixes for the DS, and, you know, there were, there were different, little, um, little alterations for, for, um, for the different platforms. Okay. Do you think there'll be a release of your music for this game? You know, I don't know. Um... I haven't explored that, and in fact, you're the first person who's, I hadn't even thought of it, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> so I should find out about that. I don't know. It's cute. It, it, I'd like it to get out there in the world. You know, it's, yeah, um, it's, it's a sweet score. It is. It's 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 very refreshing within the game uh, genre itself, but um, and and it, having such a traditional feel to it, I think it really stands out. Oh, yeah, what are you well, working? No, no, you go ahead. Thank you. Thank you for your compliments. What am I working on now? Well, yes. I am 
I am doing a, a play for the Denver Center, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, which I'm just getting ready to start to compose. Oh, nice. And I have a lot of concert music right now, actually. I'm doing a piece for um, viola and piano. I've got this Kitchen Sisters piece, which I've got to really get going on. And I've got a, uh, my, my teacher, the thing I'm really excited about that I have to do right away is uh, my teacher, Milton Babbitt, um, passed away in January. And, in fact, that's mm. why I just came back from New York. There was a memorial for him in uh, Princeton. And I've been asked to contribute a track to a, um, a CD of pieces honoring, uh, honoring him. And so what I want to do is kind of a 21st century version of All Set, um, which is his jazz piece. So I'm going to put together a jazz group um, and do something really really fun with that so so that's going to be you know that's coming coming up right away and i'm also doing another piece for violinist tim fain which will premiere at symphony space in the um, in the fall and then at uh, the broad stage so uh, wow. it's mostly that i don't have any film assignments right now but i've got a bunch of a bunch of that going on okay well you i do have another craft busy. In, uh, yes i do <laughs> i do have another craft in america this summer which is a series i do for pbs and we just had on the air and so that's always fun to do. It's all kind of traditional American music. So, you know, it's just just kind of doing the concert music thing for the time yeah. being. And I'm sure, I'm sure something well, will pop up someplace. Oh, I'm sure it will. Uh, now, just going back real quick to the first project you mentioned, um, "To Kill a Mockingbird." Any any influence from Elmer Bernstein there? It's my oh it's my god! My I mean, can you imagine? I've got to do a score for "To Kill a Mockingbird." <laughs> I keep telling them. I, I said to them, "We have to do something completely different because." I do not want to be, you know, have to compete with that score. It's such a great, one of my absolute favorite scores, and he was such a wonderful composer and a great man. Yeah, um, I can't say what we're going to do, but we're going in a very different direction. For sure, it will be all vocal. Okay. And okay, we may we may get a very famous vocal group, but I'm not sure if that's going to work out yet. Oh. But it's going to be all sung, which I think will be you know, really, really different. But, yes, that is a daunting task now, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's sad enough having to do Kung Fu Panda with a great score, you know, that, that Hans Zimmer and John Powell did, you know. But yeah. then to do Kill a Mockingbird, you know, you just want to like, oh, my God. Well, there's your challenge. You like a challenge? There it is. For oh, <laughs> God, I know. Well, I did a remake of Carrie, you know, and, and that was the same thing where you've got oh, this yeah. iconic score, you know. What are you going to do? You just have to do something completely different and pray that, you know, people will come after you yeah. Things, you know? <laughs> well, no one has yet, so you. you, you I'm you still here. A thousand. <laughs> well, True. excellent. Well, thank you so much Laura, for taking time. I look forward to uh, hearing more of, of your projects coming up, be it for TV or games or um, the theater. It all sounds uh, so amazing. And um, so we want to offer you, as, as our Soundcast audience would, the best of luck in all of that. Well, thank um, you so much. Uh,